Physique University, your source for all things physique enhancement. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Elite Physique University. I'm John Gorman, your host. It's Jason, we're back, man. This is number 18. Like, I, I was just looking the other day, and we're on, like, 11. <laughs> so we're already eight uh, yeah. of these in. Yeah, we're moving, man. We are moving, and, uh, you know, the topics are picking up. We're still getting a lot of good feedback from people, so um, we'll, just keep, we'll keep putting out good shit. Yeah, I mean, some of this stuff we've talked about before, like this episode, we're going to talk about metabolic capacity and reverse dieting, feeding up, whatever we want to call it. But yep. there's so much stuff that we can put out, and there's so many people listening that really need to hear our take on it. So I'm excited to talk about that. And you are right, man. The feedback has been good. We're at like 240 reviews. We were just yeah. at 200 the other day. So thank you guys from Jason and myself. Like we yep. really, really appreciate that feedback. I do want to let people know in the next two weeks, we are going to do this giveaway where you get one year free prep with me. And I do want to ask people, because here's the thing, I can end up picking somebody that you've already got a coach, right? Like fuck, yeah. maybe, maybe you're Megan working with Scooby prep. <laughs> don't let Jason, don't maybe go pick Megan. Man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But for real, like you may not want that. So what I'm asking you guys to do, screenshot your review and tag me on Instagram stories. And I'm going to kind of keep track of it that way because the last thing I want to do is, is pick somebody that's not going to be able to use it. I want to pick yeah. somebody that, that really needs it. Maybe you're somebody that can't afford a coach right now and you and I can go kick some ass for a year. So just go ahead and tag me there and uh, I'll kind of keep track of it that way. Jason, man, let's talk about something new for this week. You know, we were talking before we started recording we're all fucking stuck at home still like this whole shelter thing still in place for most of us. We're all training at home. Um, I've been putting out these videos while my fat ass does cardio on the bike. They're like one a minute videos. And I talk about blood flow restriction and partial reps, dude. I know you and I both do blood flow restriction. We both do partial reps. Mm -hmm. but I think this is a good time when people are training at home to kind of do both. Would you agree with that? I think it'd be a wonderful time because <clears throat> You know, the blood flow restriction, um, a lot of times when I use it, it's not that you can't go heavy, but, you know, I almost feel like, you know, you're not using it in a time where you're trying to hit PRs. Um, you're, you're doing more reps, and that kind of lends to, like, the home training. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a great idea, and actually, uh, you know, you, you kind of reminded me of it, and so I'll get mine out and when I do legs and stuff because uh, I'm only using a lot of bands and things like that when I have to train at home. So, yeah, I think it's a great. I think it's a great time to to bring that out. Yeah, and and I don't know if that's even worthy of a whole podcast. I mean, I just don't think we could no, talk about not. fifteen minutes worth of it. So, I, if you guys really want to learn more about it, Google um, blood flow restriction training and look up Brad Schoenfeld. He's got a damn good article on T Nation. That's actually where I read learned about it, like in two thousand thirteen. So go read that and give it a shot. A good example would be like if you blood flow restricted your legs. And you yep. did ball squats with like an exercise ball behind your back. I'm telling you, I can do 30 body weight squats, blood flow restricted. My legs blow the fuck oh, up. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, yeah. you know, with any of the bands, <clears throat> they'll work really well. I know when I always did it, I would get the, a little bit of a pump first and then and then cinch them up and then uh, go from there. But uh, any of the band type work or even just like very light, you know, dumbbells in hand doing goblet squats would work really well too. Maybe you only got a 30-pound dumbbell right. you hold but yeah once you hit you know get a little blood in there and then and then cinch them up up by the groin uh you, you know you'll be able to blow them up and you know it's just new stimulus like anytime you can get new stimulus like 
I really believe I can grow probably six to eight weeks on bands because it's just a new stimulus. And like, I'm so keyed into like the muscle just working that I really don't care what I'm using to be honest with you. And I think if you're good at training, it really doesn't matter. Like you can figure it out. And you know, that's where that being past a beginner trainer really, really benefits you. Yeah, uh, I agree. Stuck in this type of situation. And especially with blood flow restriction, you're going to get such a massive pump. Like cell swelling is a big part of muscle gain. So mm -hmm. it's going to be, it's going to be even more pronounced and yeah. it is going to be a different stimulus. And guys, you can, guys and girls, you can grow on blood flow restriction training. It, Brad Schoenfeld again did some research on that. I believe he was the one that showed, um, no, he did some research on higher reps versus heavy weight. So, yeah. um, blood flow restriction still shown. I can't remember what the research was that you can still grow. It's still, it's still equivalent to regular training. Um, so give it a shot guys. I've, I've been doing it for years. It saves your joints, but this is a perfect yeah. time for it. And then Jason partial reps, man, like this is something that I like to do. If you would, if, if you don't mind, go ahead and explain what partial reps are for you. And yeah, this definitely. is a great time for that as well. So for me, um, a lot of my training, whether I'm in a gym or not, um, I use a lot of tempos and a lot of time under tensions and I'm using a full range of motion. Like that's really important to me more than the weight that I can slam on there. So I have to always make sure I'm working through a full range of motion. I can, I can hit the time under tension that I want. Everything's clicking. And then once I get to the point where I've became, I've got to the point where I've hit full failure, uh, mechanical failure, and I just can't barely move then I'll do partial reps. So if I was doing a bench press machine, I'll take it to where I just can't do a full range of motion rep anymore, but I can break tempo and now kind of rep out some partials and they're going to be the bottom half, you know, on a chest press. So, you know, you might press from, you know, the bottom to, to mid range, or you might only get a quarter way up, but I'm going to do those more in a piston style fashion and really just kind of push it to the, to the full ultimate type, um, beyond failure is what I would call it. And that's an intensity technique. And so that would work great, you know, with bands or even like dumbbells, things like that. But for me, I would be slowing the tempo way down at first, especially with a band. So I'm still failing around 12. I don't really want to sit there and do 50 reps. And we, I know that we can go into uh, high rep training still can produce muscle, uh, but I would rather still be around 12. So I'm slowing my tempo down and then hitting those partials at the end. Yeah, man, I agree. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. Just one other way. One, one thing I like to personally do is almost use them like a pre-exhaust when I'm doing some of this lightweight shit at home. So mm -hmm. like, um, man, I don't want to load the bench up with a lot of weight. So what I did the other day was I was doing 10 partial reps to start and it just, it helped me not put a lot of weight on there. Cause I just don't have a lot of weight here at home. Like I have 45s. So I did like 10 partial reps to start and then I knocked out 10 to 15 full reps and I felt the pump much, much better. Um, and I, I like doing it that way or same thing with curls. Like I'll do them just to start almost like a pre-exhaustion type, type approach. But I think the ultimate way to do it is the way that you kind of explained. I think it's a great way to kind of finish the exercise off. So guys, give those a try. See what you think. Um, I think this is a perfect time for it. Man, our topic today is, is going to be fun. Let's, let's go ahead and talk about metabolic capacity and reverse dieting. Um, I've heard you call it feeding up. I think it's all kind of one and the same. You know, we can call it whatever you want, but it's basically what you need to do after you're done dieting. So you avoid the rapid fat gain. Mm -hmm. Let's, I think we should start off talking about what we normally see. And we have a lot of bodybuilders that get on stage, but this could be for anybody that's dieting, like seriously dieting down. You know, Jason, what do we normally see 
post diet with rapid fat gain, especially when someone's new, like we can talk about a couple horror stories, but let, let's talk about that. And then we'll talk about why your body's actually primed to gain fat. Okay. What, what do we normally see? So, I mean, what we see is, um, basically the dieter is a hunger is extremely high and the looming date of the wedding or the beach trip or the show is gone and the body is screaming at them and, and you said hold on to explain why but the body is screaming at them to eat and eat and then once they do break <clears throat> break that uh that uh kind of guilt barrier um it starts screaming to eat more and more and so then it starts to crave the sugars that you've given it and it just can become a runaway roller coaster of binging, overeating, and trying to satisfy those urges that are just kind of crushing through the body that if you're not prepared for, you can put back on fat very rapidly. And there's, there's hormonal things going on. There's stress things going on that we'll get into, but that's what I see. Uh, it's almost like someone can't help themselves. Yeah, it's almost like your fucking brain, your hand is like a different person, like a different entity. I, I remember like after my first couple shows that I did, it's like, you know, I was okay. Like I had my meals afterwards, like I would eat Saturday night and then I would eat pretty much whatever I wanted Sunday. And you and I were working together back at the time actually. And then Monday, I'd get back on plan. And, you know, I'd probably make it until Wednesday or Thursday. And then mentally, I was like, fuck, man. Like I would just end up being so hungry that I would just go, I didn't have a show to stick to because I was done. Yep. Now it's just the off season. So I would just go like Wednesday or Thursday. And my issue was always fucking peanut butter, man. Like I would mix that shit with back in the old, back in the days we had Skyvation way. And <laughs> I would just mix like gobs of peanut butter in there. And I was eating so much fat that dude, I rapidly gained body fat. So, <laughs> yes. but it was just like every three to four days, I just couldn't help it. And you know, I think a lot of that stuff comes when you're new. So like if you're out there listening yes. new or you're sitting here nodding your head because this was you back in the day, you know, all that extreme restriction causes a lot of people to have an issue with food. Some of us are really good with it. Some of us aren't. And I get it. But it caused me to have that issue. But dude, I remember going from like my skinny ass was 155 on stage and I'm fucking sit walking around at 175 two weeks later and that shit's not coming off. No. No, no. And you know, some of it comes from a sense of entitlement. You know, when you're new at dieting or dieting that long, you have a sense of entitlement to yourself afterwards where you're like, well, I, I deserve that. I, I, I've restricted for so long. I deserve this. And so you can talk yourself into it really easily. So there's a lot of things going on here at play. There's hormones, there's stress, there's the mental side of it. <clears throat> and then there's just the pure uh, body kind of getting addicted to that little bit of taste of sugar you give it. Yeah, man. What, what was the worst, uh, you don't have to name names, but what uh -huh. was the worst rebound that you've ever seen with a client? <laughs> oh God. I've seen, I think I've seen 22 pounds in like 72 hours. Okay. That was, I was a man of course, <laughs> but, and of course that came along with cankles. Uh, there was an intense edema. I was even considering, you know, telling him that he needed to go get a LASIK strip. But we put him on protein veggies, got him moving a little bit, and the next day he dropped eight off, and I felt like his BP was going to be good enough, and then we, we kind of got it under control. But had he not had a coach, that could have been a real shit show. Um, 
But yeah, 22, I think in 72 hours was the worst I've seen. What about you? Yeah. Um, you know, most of my, most of my folks are natural back in the day, back when we used to really restrict sodium, um, use a lot of diuretics and stuff, you know, some of my clients in 2010, especially that, I mean, I was really just kind of understanding and learning, you know, I would cut their water real hard. I would cut their sodium real hard. Like I was doing everything that I thought was right. And use a diuretic and then the next thing you know not only are they eating they fill back out but they're getting this massive rebound from the diuretic from all that stuff right from the aldosterone and shit from you know days of low sodium so i would i would see people gain you know 20 pounds um, for a female was one of the highest that i saw for a female and i was like holy shit that that was in the first week okay the scary thing was you know about 10 of that came back off yeah and the other 10 didn't And she kept trying to say, it's water, it's water, it's water. I'm like, listen, water's gone in about four to five days. So that's pretty scary. But dude, here's the other thing people need to understand, especially on the assisted side. Like there's a lot of different compounds used and stuff like that that can cause a rebound, kind of like what I just talked about. But this can be fucking dangerous. Like people don't understand like how dangerous that rapid, that rapid gain is, right? Oh yeah. I mean, it depends what you did. Um, I rarely use, you know, RX diuretics. And so that's going to set you up for, especially then too, if you have a bad coach who pulled sodium. So, you know, you can definitely get yourself into a situation where, um, you know, sodium can go too high. Um, potassium can get off balance. Um, and you know, there's, I've seen, I've known two guys that they weren't working with me, but they put themselves in the hospital from diuretic use uh, coming up, you know, post-show um, and then just picking out and, you know, pounding water. Uh, they had cut sodium hard and then all of that just comes rushing back. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely not good. And the, B, um, the BP skyrockets and, you know, you gotta oh, watch out okay. with your kidneys. I mean, plus you can shut your heart down to potassium and sodium. I mean, it's, it's a, it can be a shit show for sure. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about, um, you know, we've done this on prior podcasts to talk about what we're going to talk about today. I think it's fun to go back and talk about the past and talk about kind of where some of this stuff started to become more well-known, how you and I both started, you know, with reverse dieting. But, you know, when I look back, I think reverse dieting kind of became a thing probably, you know, a couple of years, 2008, 2009. Um, I will give Lane some credit for at least coining the term, even though it was something that's been done long before that. People just get back to quote unquote eating normal. You know, to me, I kind of, I learned about it from him. Maybe you could learn somewhere else, but you know, I started to see it come around back on the old MD and RX message yeah. board, probably like 2008-ish. When did, when did you start to start to pay attention on when, how to pull somebody back into to a, a healthier place post show than just you know after their show's done like they go do their own thing and they gain fucking 50 right. pounds and they come back to you too fat when did you start to kind of pay attention around 2009 um you know for me personally i've even my first show even when i ate shitty i only think i was up like 12 pounds in like three months and i went i ate pretty shitty for the first two or three months so i never really personally had to deal with it um but you know, around 2009, I did junior nationals. And I remember after that, I, again, didn't reverse. I just went back to eating. And, you know, I kind of got into my, I used to love chocolate raisins and got into doing a lot of burgers. And, you know, I, I, again, maybe put on 20 pounds in three months. So it wasn't like awful, but I just didn't like my body fat at all. The 2010 junior nationals I did, 
that time I reversed out really well. And I still remember seeing pics where I was like, damn, I wish I got on stage looking like this. And that's when I started to learn like the importance of like getting lean soon and then reverse dieting into a show, which I've been doing for years and have written articles that are out there. Um, and so around 2010, I got real serious about it because I saw what, what was happening in my body. Cause I was real meticulous that year after that. And about three weeks later, I looked way better than I did on stage for 2010. And then that's when I ended up hitting nationals and I was peeled beyond belief, uh, for that one later in October. So, um, yeah, around then's when I really started tinkering with it, but around 2009, you know, I knew about it, but the thing was back then, a lot of clients would hire you for prep and then they wouldn't stick around. Right. And so like, that was just how things were done. They, people would hire you for 16 weeks and then they were done with you. They didn't want, you know, the extra help. And it wasn't that I didn't warn people, but I really still didn't get a chance to like sit and like really do it until people started to be like, Hey, I want to be a long-term year round client, you know? And, and, and I think some of that stemmed from people realizing, shit, I blew my last diet. I don't want to look like a whale after I put all this work in, I better stay with the coach. So for me around 2010 was when I was starting to be able to do it. Um, but even then, like I got, I remember, um, Alberto caught me at one of your, uh, physique summits and he goes, yeah, man, I remember back in the day when we got into like a little disagreement on the bodybuilding.com board, you, you came on there and said, people need to get their calories up higher and not worry about this low body fat. And it, it was hormonal issues. And I was still like shredded six month post and you didn't agree with it. And he's like, he's like, that's what my topic's on today at this show. He's like, or at the physique summit, I'm going to literally agree that we got to get, we got to get body fat up quicker and get hormones going. And so it's funny. So like I've known for a while that, yeah, you got to do this right, but you can't just try to keep someone shredded for six months post-show. No, man. Like, so I, I, for me, I started really, I had to start paying attention because I never did it very well myself. Uh, because when you and I were done, I took the reins. Like I did my own yeah. off season um, so in 2010 is when I really started to put clients on stage and they were looking to do shows in 2011. And that's when I was like, okay, how do I connect the dots here from one, yeah. one year to the next? And I had some people get really fucking fat. And coincidentally in 2011, I couldn't get them all the way, you know, lean for stage. Yeah. And a lot of that goes back to, you know, you're only success, you're only going to be as successful as how you come off your last show for your next prep. So it was one of those things that I had to, it was kind of trial by fire. I'm like, all right, how do I fix this shit? So then I had the Matt Holcomb's coming on and some of these really legit athletes and I had to strive to keep them. What I figured out is like, fuck, I have to keep them from gaining 50 fucking pounds. I need to have guys, you know, maybe they gain 20, maybe females gain 10 to 15 and I get their calories up, but then I have to set them up for the next year. And that's where kind of reverse dieting kind of fell into me. And that's, that's where I started to, to really learn about it. And then I started, you know, I don't think we ever really perfect it, but I think at this point, both you and I are like, I don't think there's any situation we haven't been through hundreds of times to where we can do this blindfolded, but I really started to kind of perfect it closer to 2000, maybe 14. And then I wrote the first book, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, Let's talk about fat gain and why it's so easy post diet. And that's what I think a lot of people don't understand. And we'll talk about natural versus assisted here in a little bit, man. But, you know, people are set up to gain fat post diet. I mean, that's just the way that it is. And let's talk about this from the hormonal side. Um, but people think that, you know, you should diet down and they should rebound and gain a bunch of muscle. And, and we can talk about that as well. But your body is really set up 
to gain fat. It doesn't want to lose fat. Your body is set up to survive. Like it wants to store fat. It wants to put it back on. You just fucking starved it for God's sake. Um, and then mentally you want to, you want to eat. So, um, I'll kind of kick this off. The main reason to me is that your metabolism slower. We've talked about it on multiple podcasts. As you diet down, as you get leaner, your thyroid has to secrete less hormone. Your metabolism has to slow because if it didn't slow down in conjunction with your body weight and your muscle mass, then your body temperature would actually rise. So there's just no way that it's going to secrete the same thyroid hormone. So it has to slow down a little bit. Um, what else, Jason? I mean, we, there's all kinds of different stuff. Well, to talk about I mean, we know that there's all kinds of, so, you know, there's the metabolic adaptation coming from thyroid slowing, as you said, there's, you know, the hormones tanking, um, you know, uh, testosterone's going lower and lower. Um, in females, you've got, unless you're doing, you know, something to, to prevent it, you've got progesterone steal happening, which is then going to, you know, drop hormones, prevent, or cause more estrogen dominance. You've got cortisol that's, that's sky high or at least up for that individual post diet. And, you know, some people more natural are going to lose some muscle. Uh, no matter how good they do this, they're going to lose some muscle. So they're less efficient at burning calories. So you put all those four factors together, plus the fact that, which is it? Is it uh, ghrelin that's telling you to eat um, your ass off because it's about body fat so low? Um, and I don't quote me on that. I always get them mixed backward. You can fix it after I'm done. But um, so you've got like five things just right there I ticked off that are, you know, not in a optimum area. And then you've got body signals telling you to eat and bring your body fat up. So literally that's what those signals are for. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's really a shit storm if you just go throwing calories at it. It can't process it like it once did. Yeah. And there's, you know, people always say, listen, man, all these numbers, all these people that love fucking numbers and they love research yet coincidentally, they're not the ones that put people on stage and fucking do this for a living. They're the type of people that try and say, well, it's impossible to gain a lot of, you have to overeat 3,500 calories to gain one pound of fat. And I'm like, okay, motherfucker, let me diet you down. And let me, let me watch you just go overeat six, 700 calories a day. And you're going to gain way more than a pound a week because it depends on the types of calories that you're eating. It depends on how slow your metabolism is. It depends on this whole hormonal cascade shit show that you just explained. Dude, I, I mean, would you agree? You've seen people gain way more fat than just eating 3,500 calories extra a fucking day, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, again, you know, I've said this when I teach my hormone class. Uh, the law of thermodynamics works when you've got a healthy body and the hormones are optimal, or at least, you know, mid-range and everything's working together as a system. But when you've got metabolic adaptations happening, uh, a thyroid that's not producing properly, low testosterone, law of thermodynamics go out the window. Right. Um, we see it time and time again. I mean, the, the women who come to us and they can't lose weight on 1200 calories. Well, law of thermodynamics should state that they should be losing blah, blah, blah. Well, it's not happening. So, and it's not them not tracking right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't hold true right there. So sure. I've seen, I've seen fast gaining on, on, on less, you know, yeah, a hundred percent. And to me, it kind of brings me to this next thing to talk about, um, body fat overshooting. So I've seen, I've seen people when I diet them down from the off season, maybe it's a guy, he has to lose 30 pounds, right. And I get him to stage or I just get him really, really lean for whatever reason. And then they lose it post show or post diet and they go and they gain back. 
I've seen them gain more fat rapidly and end up fatter with less muscle when they go do a DEXA scan because after a diet, your body's not set up to put on a lot of, it's not putting on new muscle. It's at first it's putting on lost muscle. People need to understand that. Oh, like yeah. from a natural, from, I'm talking about natural athletes because we'll talk about assisted here in a minute. But if you're natural, when you diet down, you're obviously you're losing muscle. So post post diet, you're going to put that lost muscle back on fast, but you're going to put on so much fat if you do it way too fast that if you just eat for like three to four weeks, you can put on so much body fat. You're not going to put on a shit ton of muscle. And that's what people don't understand. So I've actually seen people fatter than they started within, you know, eight weeks, for example. I mean, I mean, from a natural side, you've seen that, right? Yeah. And I've seen people end up fatter than when they started, you know, like the body fat overshot. Right. Um, You know? And so, um, yeah, I mean, you're not going to be able to eat the same um, while your hormones are down, cortisol still up, all those things are going on. You know, you've got to be able to understand the whole situation and uh, you know, be somewhat professional about it and add calories um, and somewhat in a somewhat controlled manner um, to kind of stave off some of that body fat to allow hormones to, to come up, to allow cortisol to drop, to allow the thyroid to start producing more TSH and T3, et cetera, et cetera. Let's talk about um, post-diet muscle gain because this to me is kind of an interesting topic. I mean, we could spend a lot of time on this because we'll talk about natural versus assisted. Yeah. You know, like I kind of already explained the whole natural um, scenario. I know with my clients, I like to explain it to them. I'm like, our goal here is is twofold. One, I want to put on that lost muscle that you just that you just had happen. I want to put that on as fast as we can with minimizing rapid fat gain. So normally I like to see, you know, and I hate to say numbers because everybody's so different, but just as a general rule of thumb, I like to see females get 10 to 15 pounds over stage, probably in, you know, 10, 12 weeks for a natural female. I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to get their, their, their body fat where it needs to be. And usually it gets their hormones back kicking and it helps put on that lost muscle that they had. For guys, it might be 20, 25 pounds, unless it's a large individual. But I like to see that happen in somewhere around 8 to 12 weeks-ish. Um, and, and that allows them to eat. It allows me to get their food up pretty quick. But they're not putting on a lot of new muscle. Now, from the assisted side, what's your goal for people post-show? Obviously, get hormones back. But as far as putting on muscle again if there's any lost or if there's somebody that's really running a lot and they're and they were growing into the show what's that post diet muscle gain kind of look like from that end well when you're assisted i mean a lot of things are going well for you post show actually like your cravings i mean for me like i find that since 2010 like when i added any hormones like you know i find the post show window much easier now and i think it's because my cortisol is not sky high Right. Uh, my testosterone doesn't, isn't in the tank. Um, I can handle post show like a champ and be back to my shit on Monday. Like, but I think that's because of the hormonal situation isn't as bad. And so therefore, um, post show, um, if someone is trying to go pro or, you know, really improve their national level, you know, push, I might, you know, have a conversation with them. Um, if they feel good and they're overall fairly healthy feeling, we might put testosterone at 500 migs and push for six weeks. So, you know, uh, get calories up super fast, um, right into a surplus. 
they're not going to gain much fat and just start growing. And you can put on a lot of new muscle real fast because you're insulin sensitive as hell. You're lean as shit. Your hormones are right where they need to be. Um, and it's like a slingshot, man. You invested, you pulled that, that, that bow back and boom, now you're letting it go and you can just skyrocket gains. I mean, there's a lot of other things you can add, but you know, if you want to do it kind of healthy, you can just do a little testosterone. Now, if someone wants to get completely off, um, completely off everything, well, that's a different game. Um, you got to run PCT and, and you'll be somewhat efficient for those six weeks. But once you pull that, I see a lot of test tank. I see muscle mass really come down. Um, and that's a different ball game. So it really depends on what direction they want to go um, post show. Um, in that case, uh, you know, things are going to be a lot slower. Um, it's going to be a lot more like taking on a natural um, if they want to come completely off and run a PCT. I'm going to take uh, the reversing a, a lot more slow, um, a lot more like probably in line, like a natural uh, person. Yeah. And to me, I think natural folks are the ones that really, really, really have to pay attention because they just have that whole hormonal shit storm. I'm just going right. to steal right. that. I'm going to steal that frame from you, that, that, that term from me for a while, hormonal shit storm. I like that. And um, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're the ones that have to really, really pay attention and kind of, kind of keep that close to the vest. Right. Um, and, and just understanding what's going on in your body should help adults make better choices. It, yeah, it definitely. Should. Should. But yeah. <laughs> and especially looking at labs and understanding labs, we're going to get into that here in a minute. Um, I'm going down our list here that, that we're running off of our show notes. I do want to talk about the book that I wrote called Metabolic yep. Capacity and Reverse Dieting. I wrote that in 2015. Version 2.0 came out in like 2017. And I wrote that book. If you guys ever want to go check that out, it's like 17 book, bucks on Amazon. It's an ebook or paperback. Like it's a quick two hour read. Um, there's a lot of research that I put in there. I talk about how to transition out. I talk about how to transition out of keto, the whole nine yards. And that came from a lot of me fucking things up back in the day and learning from it. So if you guys want a good resource, it to me, it's a really good book. And I'm not just saying that because it's mine. Um, I did get some flack in that book, though, Jason, because this is what I wanted to start to talk about, either a rapid reverse or a slower reverse. And in the book, I laid out more of a slower reverse for people. And I kind of used the term or the, the time frame of however long you dieted quote unquote, should be around how much time you try and reverse just as a general rule of thumb. If you can yeah. do it faster, great, do it faster. But I had to give some kind of a general template for most people. And for females, you know, I told them, hey, maybe you add 10 to 15 carbs a week. For guys, maybe you add 15 to 25 carbs. And the reason why I said it low like that is because that's what I have to do with most people. Because what I'm seeing is, they're adding their own calories because they're eating off plan. Most people I'm seeing, they're going to eat off plan a little bit here and there. They're going to sneak calories or they're just not going to tell you or they are going to tell you. So if I've got somebody, you know, eating off plan once a week, I can't just go add 40 carbs to their diet because they're adding it in other places. Correct. Um, how much, how much are you using? I guess we could talk about biofeedback to me. It's kind of the important thing. I think that's the most important thing with how fast you want to reverse somebody. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, so I guess, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's nail on the head. Most of the biofeedback I'm looking for is, well, how well did you, did you do Saturday and Sunday until you checked back in with me Monday? Um, right. You know, like I usually tell people go have a free meal Saturday night. It's not your last supper. Uh, just get something you enjoy. Um, Sunday, maybe go get some pancakes and then Sunday, you don't have to track food, but just start eating healthy again as you're hungry. 
And then by Monday, get on your macros, check in with me. And I expect to see anywhere from two to three pounds gained. And if that's it, um, you know, I will probably bump someone if it's a female, I at least want to get 200 calories in right away. Uh, if it's a male, I might bump them, you know, three, four, 500, just depends. I, I don't do like these small, like 10 car bumps really. Now, if someone came back to me and they're up eight, nine, 10 pounds and they're like, yeah, man, like Saturday night became a shit show. Sunday after the pancakes, we went and got hoagies. Then that night I ate a large pizza. Then I ate a whole bag of Snickers. Well, <laughs> that person's going to be left on their, their old macros for a minute to get the water off. Cause if I start adding food on top of that, it's just going to solidify, uh, because you're spilled, you're just going to solidify fat. Right. So you made your job harder. I can't help it. So now you're going to be hungry on back on show prep macros till we get this water back off. And then I start bumping. Um, but yeah, I look at biofeedback for sure. Like how quickly are people gaining? You know, maybe I, maybe I can't go at 200 calories a bump. Um, it just, you know, it just really depends, but I try to make sizable enough bumps that they don't want to cheat so hard because if you don't bump enough, that hunger of an eight might rise to a hunger of a 10. And then they start cheating. So it's a really fine line. At the end of the day, you want to restore hormone health, keep someone in a nice striking distance for stage, but they certainly don't have to preserve being ripped. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where usually if I'm, if I'm only adding 10, 15 carbs to somebody's plan, it's because they're adding their own food yep. off the plan. Kind of what I said. I, I know I like to get cardio the fuck out of there as soon as I can after the show. And that, that kind of, that's not adding calories, but that's also less that your body has to recover from cortisol can lower. So if you're burning, I don't know, say a hundred calories from cardio a day, it just depends on the person. Well, you know, if you pull all that out, that's a, that's an extra hundred calories that your body is getting to use. So it's not food, but it's still calories. Yeah, it's a bump. bump. So um, I I work it back. I work it back. um, Cardio kind of slow, like, you know, I'll bump things like say someone's at seven by 40 in the morning. I might take that down to like seven by 25. So I at least want to keep them moving daily. And then I'll start moving those days back to like six, then, then five, then four. And I like to get to like two or three of 20 minutes, usually for most women off season, something like that. Yeah. I like to, um, I like to tell my clients too, whenever I first start, I'm, I'm like, listen, the more accurate you can be on this and the more detailed, um, the faster I can add food, you know, I can add mm-hmm. 25 carbs, you know, weekly if, if, if you're crushing it. And I, I just watch their weight and if their weight's creeping up way too much, that's when I have to slow it down yep. because yep. here, here's the truth of it all. And I tell my clients this, if you're a female and you're ending on 1200 calories, you're a guy and you're ending on 2000 calories, you're not going to gain weight when I bump you the female up to 1400 calories. Or if you're a guy, I bump you up to 2300, you're not going to gain fat on that you're gaining fat on the added shit that you're eating and you're just not telling me or you are telling me, but it's, it's people eating off the plan that they're gaining body fat from. I mean, would you agree with that for the most part? Yeah. I mean, I would, I mean, especially if you're taking, you know, um, reasonable food bumps, if you bumped a female 500 calories, unless you know, she's an outlier, that's probably going to start producing a good amount of fat, you know? Um, so yeah, but nine out of 10, as long as the bumps are reasonable, um, anywhere from, you know, hundred to 200, they really should not be accumulating much fat. You're right. Like if they're coming back to you, you know, and it's visible each week that they're in a lot of fat, nine out of 10, they're, they're adding, but you know, 
most of my clients tell me, like, at least I believe they do. You know, I, 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 I'm sure not every time, but I think most of my clients, um, you know, they're paying for my services. I'm not the cheapest out there. Um, I deliver a good service, but I think because of that, they're going to tell me and they want the best response I can give them. And they know I need the info. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree hundred percent. I, I just have to reiterate it to them to let them know, like, and I, I struggle with it more with females, I guess, maybe, I, you know, probably 60% of my clients are females anyway, mm-hmm. but I, I struggle with it with them more. I have to explain it more. You know, if I bump them from 115 carbs to, you know, 130 carbs a day, like they're really, really worried about it that they're going to gain. And I just try and tell them, oh, yeah. listen, if you're accurate on this, you're not, you're not gaining. If you gain it from eating off the plan. So that's just something I want to kind of reiterate. And it goes back to the question, the whole, the whole point of everything we just talked about is I get a lot of people that ask, well, should I, I rapidly reverse somebody and get them quote unquote up to maintenance faster or should I do a slower reverse? And I think, you know, our kind of take home point with that is it depends on the biofeedback that you're getting. Why hang your hat on one set way? And that, by the way, that's what a lot of researchers like to put that out. Well, it, why would you do it slow? You're just slow. You're keeping their metabolism slow. And then the other side will say, why you do it fast? You're just going to gain fat too fast. It's like, Hey motherfuckers, why don't you just take each person, read their biofeedback and do it for that person? Why? I don't, I just don't get why that's so hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. I 100%. I mean, it's just one size doesn't fit all. Not everyone only needs a 10 car bump uh, every week post show. Um, But you're going to have those endomorphs. You're going to have those people that are more shut down. And then you're going to have those people that are less shut down and you're going to have those people that are on performance enhancers. So it goes across the, the board. I mean, you heard me say when I have someone who wants to keep a little bit in post-show, I bump them into, sur- into a surplus like right away. Um, but if someone's hormones are really down and it was a really hard prep, well, that's going to be a slower reverse just to give us a little time to get hormones caught up. Um, Cause that, that ty- that's the type of person you go to, to quick on, they're going to get fat and uh, depressed and all the nine yards and everything that comes with that. Yeah. I've definitely noticed the people that I've had to diet really long. I had to get a lot of weight off of them or they're just the type of person that's just tough for them to lose fat. Yep. The harder it was, the more careful I have to be with the yep. reverse. 100%. Uh, and, and, and you know, if you're listening, cause you're, you're the fatty out there, you're like me, like you have to be real carefully. You can't just skyrocket that you want to, yep. Um, it's no, just because honestly, unfortunately, those are most of the time the people that have stronger, um, ghrelin drives. Like right. you ever notice that the people that are more endomorphic just have metabolisms that just don't match their, uh, I'm sorry, they have, they have hunger drive that just cannot match their metabolism. Yep. And I think part of that as we're learning more and more has to do with the gut microbiome, but they always just have this drive to eat, 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 and their metabolism just doesn't match it. And I think that's a lot of times why they end up, you know, with more obese at some point in their lives before finding this sport or whatever. Um, but yeah, those are the people that have just that strong hunger drive. So post shows even harder for them. Let's, let's talk about a few points. And Jason, I don't know if you have the show notes up there in front of you, but I've got in front of me. It's okay. I'm going to read over some of these and then you think about if there's anything I missed and then we'll talk about labs because I think labs is probably one of the new things that we haven't talked. We have, but a a lot of people haven't heard about. I just want to touch on the overall goal for the reverse Um, and and it's to do, it's to do these things. Let me know if I miss anything. Obviously add back some body fat so you can get your hormones restored so you can start to feel good. 
add back lost muscle as quickly as you possibly can without gaining a shit ton of, of body fat. You want to fucking feel good and gain your strength back. Like at the end of prep, most people, you know, assisted maybe, but most natural athletes and most people, you just don't feel as good. Like your, your, your body is fucking beat up. So you don't get pumps as good as normal. So the goal should be to feel good and get some strength back. And then finally, prime your metabolism for future dieting. That's the whole metabolic capacity thing. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's the overall goal of each one of the reverses. Is there anything that you can think of that I missed there? Hmm. I think that's it, man. I can't really think of anything else besides labs. You know, we'll go into detail on the hormones. That has to do with hormones, restoring hormones, which you said. Right. Right. Um, Getting strength back, restoring hormones. Um, You know, if it's a woman, I look for period return. There you um, go, man. It's a little more, a little more difficult to pinpoint without labs. Um, so I guess that's all I would add with the women. I, I use, uh, the period return, uh, it's kind of like a benchmark post show. Yeah. And, and I think the thing is a lot of people, especially in the natural world, they just don't like to get labs done. It's like, fuck man, this is so, this is so important. Let's talk about that. When to get labs done during the reverse yeah. for both natural and enhanced folks. So I, we touched on it in some prior episodes, but we're here now. When do you like to see for assisted athletes? When do you like to see them get their labs done after a show? And then when during the, the reverse and getting into the off season, when, when are the two times you like to see them get, it, get them done? So, I mean, it's going to depend. Like if it's um, a female and we're going to be bringing her completely off uh, performance enhancers, um, I like to run a female PCT and then do labs around six weeks mark um, and see where we're at. And, you know, my off season for most of my females, um, I try as hard as I can to not use much, you know, um, Anavars and just things like that. Um, So that's going to give me a pretty good idea of about the worst they're going to look. Um, and I do six weeks after some PCT cause I want to see like what's still lagging, um, and what we have to focus on to, to improve. Um, if it's a man and he's going right on to, um, TRT, which a lot of guys do, you know, they, they, they'll spike it, uh, a cycle for post show, but then they go on PCT, um, in a perfect world, I'm going to do again, like maybe around six weeks. It's not a ton of time post stage. And I bet some coaches might last longer, but I do kind of want to see what some of the ramifications were of, of the cycle and of the, the contest prep. And, um, you kind of get a feel for like the areas that are the most susceptible to them, you know? So, um, I don't want just always lab work when it's been, you know, 20 weeks, post-show, only TRT, we kind of want to get at least a little bit of an idea of some of the ramifications of prep and different things that they might take. Um, And what I mean by ramifications are like, are they more prone to cholesterol issues? Are they more prone to liver elevation? Are they more prone to uh, kidney problem? You know, those types of things I like to kind of pick up on. Um, And then after that, I'll run labs like every yeah, six months. It just depends as we come in and out of uh, different different cycles and seasons. Right. Um, for my natural clients, um, you know, I still usually give them at least four to six weeks post show. You're still going to pick up on on the problem areas, but at least it gives it a little bit of rebound time, and then I go from there. And if someone does end up in sort of a, you know, a, a metabolically adapted situation where thyroid's just not coming back, et cetera. 
then I look at that every 10 weeks until those things are healed and what we're doing and trying. So it, it really depends on the person, the direction they're taking their career and, and what peds they use or if they don't. Yeah. So for, for the natural athletes on my side, I do it just a little bit different. And I've noticed I've had more success getting people to look at labs and understand the importance of labs. If I actually get them to do it like a week or two post show and I know, and I tell them going in, I'm like, guys, your shit is going to be just nasty. It's everything's going to be low. Everything's going to be out of range. Like it's not going to be good. So make sure you explain to your doctor, like you're just getting a baseline. And I actually, I like them to do that because then they see really what, what dieting does as a natural athlete and it helps educate them. But that also gives them incentive to go back and look at labs so we can try and get everything restored in 12. I've noticed I see better restoration around 16 weeks with natural athletes. Yeah. So I like to see them see how, how suppressed everything is, you know, right after the show. And then, you know, four months later they can go and we can, we can get a look. And then if they're still really low, I like to go another, I think you said 10 weeks is like, you know, you like to see if you can get things fixed. I like to go another eight to 10 and then I have them test again. Maybe they're using, you know, a natural test booster or boron or dim or all these things. They, they should be using those post-show anyway. Um, But it gives them a little more time. And I've noticed the females normally need sometimes five to six months. Guys seem to snap back a little bit faster. Yeah. That's, that's what I like to see. And that kind of helps me go from there. And then what I have noticed is, if they stay low and I've had a lot of my natural clients this year, just this year and last year, if they stay low past six months, their doctors are looking at them. They're saying, listen, I don't know what you're doing because they don't get natural bodybuilding, but they're like, you're a prime candidate for HRT. And I'm, you know, we can, we can keep that can of worms canned for right now. But you know, that's, that's where I'm starting to have to educate them. I'm like, listen, you spent a long time off season or if you're wanting to turn around and diet again, you're not in a very good place. So at least it kind of educates them, I guess, is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, I get that. Um, let me think, man, if there's anything else, anything else you want to talk about with labs or anything like that? No, I mean, I think, you know, that one's a whole show. Um, I do, I too. I can't remember if we've done that one yet. But, no, I, I've got know. it on our list. I want to. I want to go. It's, it's a whole show to list, like, what I think people should be looking at from different sexes. So you know, we'll save that for another time. Yeah, we'll do that one coming up. Let's, let's, next on my list is, let's give an example of a successful um, reverse for a natural and an enhanced person. So um, just, just kind of give a general guidelines, if you would, for somebody that's like, say a natural or a uh, enhanced male, if you would, just kind of give a, give an idea on, on uh-huh. things that you're looking for, for them to have a very successful one, maybe from day one to, I don't know, four to five months later? Well, uh, first and foremost is, you know, losing the idea that you're entitled to eat like a jackass because you're not. Um, So that mindset has to be established because a lot of times I get so many freaking people that say, oh man, I'm going to crush this reverse. Dude, I want to stay lean. I'm going to do all the right stuff. I'm only going to eat one free meal a week. And then those are the first jackasses that are eating like a donkey for the first four weeks. And I can't, (laughs) you know what I mean? And it's like, I love you right now. Keep going. Like, come on. Like, do you remember what you said? Like, you're not entitled to do this to your body. Like it's not even healthy what you're doing to it on top of the diet you just did. So the entitlement has to go. Um, And that's just being more professional about what you do. You know, Um, we all 
screwed it up the first show and maybe even the second show, but come on, at some point you've got to take pride in what you're doing and, and wanting to look good year round. So entitlement has to go. So let's say they did it right. I gave, um, the free meal Saturday night. I gave the pancake Sunday, um, Sunday, they drove home, they stopped and got, you know, maybe some from Subway. They kept it Turkey, um, pretty clean, didn't put any mayo, all the bullshit on it. Um, that night, maybe they went and got a steak and a sweet potato out back with their family. So it was all, all day was healthy food, but just not, not tracked, tasty stuff. Monday morning, they get back on their plan. They would check in with me. And this is when we have that dis discussion. Um, they were an advanced, an enhanced bodybuilder. Do they want a PCT? Do they want a cruise? Or do they feel pretty damn good and they're ready to push weights and we can do that for six weeks and maybe take 500, 600 megs a test and really, you know, I might bump their calories, the first bump, a thousand calories if they take that option. You know, if they want a PCT, I might add 20 or 30 carbs and we get on the PCT. Now, of course, you know, a lot of this will have been discussed before, but I'm just kind of doing it this way so that you kind of get the, they get the picture. Right. If they want to do the cruise uh, at 200 tests, I might give them 500 cows because they're still going to be really efficient. And remember their cortisol shouldn't be super, you know, jacked up because testosterone helps keep that down. Um, they really should, you know, uh, other than being a little hungry, um, a lot of times, you know, they're not in bad, in bad, uh, um, you know, beaten to the ground, put it that way. Right. So, that's going to dictate my moves. I might add a thousand if they want to go the push route. I might add 500 to a male if they want to do the TRT. And I might only give them 30 or 40 carbs if they're going to do um, um, a PCT. And that's about 200 calorie bump. So that is going to depend on what they do. And then, of course, I'm going to give a free meal a week. And I'm going to ask that they get back on their plan. And then um, we'll go from there. But I would say by three months out, um, I want strength returned. Um, I want good reports where they're sleeping well. Um, digestion should be on point BMs every day. Um, you know, things like that nature by three months out should all be, should all be there. I don't want to see struggling to get to the gym. Um, I don't feel good. I'm not sleeping well. I'm irritable. All those things are signs that it's time to just crank it on down and, um, and, and really, you know, take care of the body. So it just depends on where people are at, but that would be kind of a successful one for me for an enhanced male. On yeah, man, I think, I think that's great. And then we've also got, you know, the natural athlete. It's, I like to give them a deload. I mean, they don't, they don't train to usually most people a day or two, obviously before the show, I try and get two if I can. Um, and then, you know, most people, they want to go train on Sunday because they've got all that food in them and you know, that's fine. I'm like, so for the, for the next week, I just tell them like, listen, go get a pump, go have fun, train wherever the fuck you want. Don't do any cardio, stick close to your macros on Monday. And I let their body just kind of, because they're natural, like it needs to actually recover. So I give them kind of a deload week, just do higher rep stuff. So not so hard on your CNS and your joints. And then what I like to see is, is their strength starting to return back? Like then we get back to regular training. Uh, sometimes I scale back to five days a week because in prep, they're all ending. All, all my natural folks are usually ending on five, six days in the gym. So I'll usually scale them back maybe to five, let their strength return. And then by, by week 12, 
It's kind of, it seems to be that magic point. Then we can start really training, taking things to failure and doing a lot of overreaching and the deload weeks every five to six weeks. And we'll talk more about that once we get to a training episode. But, you know, I, I agreed with everything you just said. I just, I have to be real careful with my natural athletes just to make sure that they get that time off because most of them, they're so motivated after the show, they're ready just to go in and start doing everything heavy because they're all glycogen loaded and they feel great. And I'm like, listen, you, your CNS is still in the shitter. Like what? you just did prep as one giant overreach. Yes. So like, I think that's something that, that we should probably, probably should have brought up to kind of end the show. Is it, is there anything else that you can think of? Any final thoughts that you have, man? Hmm. No, I mean, I, well, yeah. Um, I think it's important to know that you're not going to be perfect. I'm not saying that mine are perfect. And if I get, you know, asked to go out to dinner on a Wednesday night with a friend or my family, I go and I make the best choices. So I don't want people out there to think, Oh man, I've completely ruined this reverse. My coach wants me to do one free meal. I went out Wednesday night. Um, so now I'm just going to kind of throw caution to the wind. I've already screwed up. Like, no, like get back on track. You didn't screw up. Like you're not going to be perfect. But, you know, you can go out to eat, stew and, and still get a clean meal that tastes great. So, you know, and hopefully that's what you did. And if you didn't, oh, well, get back on track. Just don't go in with the attitude that you're going to be perfect. And if you're not perfect, then you failed. And therefore, uh, you might as well just blow it all up because that's, that's just not right thinking. And, um, but I, I've heard people explain that before. So um, don't, don't do it that way. Yeah. And you know what, man, I think that's a great point, a great way to end the show. I, I can tell you probably one out of a hundred people have ever reversed perfect to the gram, oh, yeah. every macro. Like I, I don't expect that of my clients. I just expect them to, you know, if they do go out to eat, I try and tell them kind of the same thing that you said, get something. And when we're talking about a clean meal, guys, that that's easy to track. Like you can loosely track, you know, you're going to be okay with chicken and a sweet potato or chicken salad or like, you know, you're going to be okay. It's, it's getting away from, the two desserts and then what ends up happening, you know, after that, like that's, that's what we're talking about. You know, to me, it's just easier to track. So, um, is just loosen up a little bit, like go out to eat, but try and track it as close as you can. That's what I tell my clients. And it, it seems to, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, they want date night, you know what I mean? Like they've been through prep and they haven't been able to go out and eat with their spouse or their loved one or their family or whatever. And I tell them, I'm like, Hey, go out, just don't make it about the food. Like there's all kinds of great food that you can eat. Um, just kind of don't, <laughs> you know, like you said, eat like a jackass. Just don't, <laughs> don't eat like a jackass and, uh, and you'll be okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> just, just use a little <laughs> bit of control. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, guys, if you're new and you're kind of going through this right now, or, or you just got done, like it gets better with time. I'm telling you, the longer you do this, the better you have a relationship with food. It's just this first few times. It's pretty damn brutal. And, and I remember because I was there. So this is also a good time to hit pause and leave that review. In the next two weeks, we are giving away that free prep with me. So remember, screenshot and tag me on, on uh, Instagram stories. And that's how I'm going to keep track of who wants to be entered in to win that year prep with me. Jason, it's Thursday, man. You and I both have more emails to get back to yep. and more work to be done. So we're going to wrap it up for myself. And Jason, we're out of here. Thanks, guys. See ya.